It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome into the virtual bible study we're glad you're a part of it tonight this is the virtual bible study for thursday august 30th we're live a little late tonight we've had a few issues with our streaming but i think we're up and running now and so hopefully you're out there listening Looking forward to your participation on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is unable to be here tonight. And uh, in his absence, Monty Overton and Wade Shelton from the College View Church of Christ are here tonight. Hello, Monty. Oh, Jacob, how are you tonight? All right. And Wade, thank you for coming tonight. Hey, Jacob. Good to be here. And uh, you'll have to get a little closer to that microphone, Wade. And, uh, there you go. Sorry, I thought my big mouth could... Uh, it's big, but it's that. not that big. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. On the program tonight, the number to call, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. This is a listener interactive program. We hope you will interact with us on the program tonight. Tonight, we want to talk about our free time. You know, it seems like we're busier than ever, and yet recent studies show that we have considerably more free time today than our parents did just 30 or 40 years ago. All kinds of factors are responsible for the increase But any way you look at it, we have more discretionary time than we did just 10 or 15 years ago. If we took a survey, though, most would probably say it seems like they're busier now than ever before. Why is that? Why do we seem to feel that we're busier now than ever before? Could it be that the statistics are wrong and we actually do not have as much free time as they say? Or could it be that we have more free time but we found more uses for that additional free time that we have. I think that likely is the case. We'll look at that tonight and consider our free time. You know, this would be an interesting discussion on a purely physical level, but the discussion has important spiritual implications as well. How many times have we thought to ourselves, Monty, I would study the Bible more if I just had more time. I'd be a much better Bible student if I had just a little bit more time. Or have we ever thought to ourselves, there's so many things I could do in the service of God if I just had more time? We probably all have used that excuse, Monty, and that uh, and felt that way. You know, Jacob, I know that I've felt that way before, but I, when I look back and examine my life, I look at the time I'm spending and realize that I'm wasting it in various and assorted different ways and that basically what I need to do is prioritize my time and what's most important to me and then spend my the bulk of my time on those things, and the other things that just have to take care of themselves. All right. We have to talk about our time tonight. We need to understand if we have more free time now than ever before, we're still having a shortage of time when it comes to serving God. Maybe we need to shift our priorities. On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to examine our free time, talk about what is consuming it all, and discover ways to adjust our schedules to allow more time in the service of God. Again, we appreciate you joining us, and we hope that you'll take a minute to be a part of the program tonight. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Send us an email, let us know you're out there tonight, as we've had a few issues with our streaming here at the beginning of the program. Tonight, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. 
com. We have a couple survey questions for you to consider tonight. We've had a lot of feedback on these questions, and we'll get into them as we go into the program tonight. The questions for you to consider tonight, what do you believe is the biggest distractions that Americans face today that consumes time that could be spent serving God? What is the biggest distractions that we face in America today that is taking our time away from serving God? What's the biggest distraction you face? And then the second question is a follow-up to that. What tips do you suggest that can help us set aside time in our daily schedules for spiritual activities? Those are the two questions for you to consider tonight, and we hope you'll take a minute to be a part of the program. Again, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Give us a call or send us an email, and let us know your thoughts as we talk about our free time on the program tonight. The study that we want to reference as we talk about our free time that tells us that we have more free time now than we have ever had before. Between 1965 and 2003, listen to these uh, statistics, money and weight. Between 1965 and 2003, the study says that we have six to eight hours per week more in leisure time than we did in 1965. Six to eight hours doesn't sound like much, but that's an increase over the amount of leisure time you had in 1965. You have six to eight hours more per week, the studies say, than you did back then. Of course, that's the average, but that is an incredible amount of time. When you consider that, uh, compare that to our work week, a 40-hour work week, that six to eight hours per week corresponds to an additional five to ten weeks of vacation per year. In 1965 to 2003, we have increased that much leisure time, the equivalent of having an extra five to ten weeks of vacation throughout the year. That's a lot of leisure time, Wade, when we think about it. We have increased six to eight hours per week in leisure time in that amount of time, yet we still feel like we're busier than ever before. You kind of, you kind of wonder where these um, these people get their their uh, numbers for their studies, too. You know, you don't really know. Well, I have a 60-page document here, <laughs> Wade, and they, it goes into, I mean, you can get nauseated reading all this stuff. You'll definitely cure any insomnia that you might have. But there, it's very documented, Wade, and as they go along, they even know to that, uh, they get into specifics. For instance, you know, women feel like uh, that they're doing a lot of housework, but um, even says that in those that period of time there, 1965 to 2003, the amount of time spent in food preparation and indoor household chores has fallen by 6.4 hours per week. Women, uh, the time that they spend on core housework has decreased by 10.1 hours per week. Uh, and so we see that... I, I would agree with that, Jacob. You would. <laughs> all right. Well, your wife hopes she's not listening tonight. She'd probably say it's gone up. But, you know, we t- look at all the conveniences that we have, Monty, and we see now the studies are showing that this is actually adding up and we're saving time. We've got more free time uh, than we did before is what uh, the studies are saying. You know, Jacob, there's lots of conveniences we have when we think about it. We've got uh, automobiles and various and assorted machines that help us to do our work easier, uh, like talking about our women our wives and their work, they have washing machines. And uh, I can remember 1965 when the time frame of this study first took place, and we didn't have a dishwasher at our house. Uh, so there's lots of – we didn't have microwave ovens back then that we have now. So there's lots of things that should have helped cut down the time requirements that we have, so we should have more leisure time, as this study suggests. Uh, even when we think about modern inventions like computers and improved communications and things like that, uh, we have a lot more – 
should have a lot more time available than what we normally feel like we do. You think about it, Wade, to think about the time that the microwave oven has saved and the, and the dishwasher um, and the automobile, you have a long commute. Imagine what that commute would be on your horse and buggy a few years ago. And think of the time that you're saving there. And yet all of these time-saving inventions, we have to, we stop and we look around and we say, where's all the time gone? What's happened to our free time? Sometimes I sit back and I, and I wonder, you know, uh, like in 1920, 1930, those families mostly were farmers unless you lived around the city and then you commuted to the city, you know, but you would probably, uh, I don't know what you would drive, uh, I guess the old T-Model Ford or something like that, but most of the people uh, were farmers and they had their families there. They, the husbands stayed there on the farm. The wives stayed there. Uh, you had family time all day long working with the kids, mostly. And, uh, you know, when you sit down to eat dinner in the afternoon or whatever you call that 12 o'clock meal, uh, and even the 5 o'clock meal, the family was together. They was a unit. You spent time with each other, you know. I think that's why the morals have probably dropped a lot because – even the time, you know, they, they say that the that we've lost our time, but part of our time is going in, like commuting back and forth to work um, and, and other things, uh, you know, watching TV or whatever. That's but, right. We're taking up our leisure time with other activities. You know, Monty, as we look at uh, the activities that uh, we are engaged in, we look at all the extra leisure time, six to eight hours per week of additional leisure time, you would think over that same period of time, between 1965 and 2003, the amount of leisure time that we enjoy has gone up from between six and eight hours per week. You would look at religious activity. You would assume that in that same period of time, if there's more free time, that religious activities would go up. Well, one would think so, but I would estimate, it's, and it may be mentioned in that study you've got there, I don't know, but uh, I would estimate that most people's religious time has probably declined. That's exactly right. They say that... It, Activities, engagement in civic and religious activities has fallen by 30 minutes per week between 1965 and 2003. And so we have more leisure time, but we're using it less for religious activities. And it is certainly a cause for alarm for those who are interested in serving God. Has the same been true for us as well? We feel like we have less free time. We wonder where all the free time has gone. Maybe we're using that free time in areas where we ought to reconsider and reprioritize the usage of our time. The number to call is 877-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. We'll take a break, and during the break, we'd like to hear from you. Give us a call, send us an email. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. 
I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight as we talk about our free time, and then we're asking the question tonight, where has the free time gone? We look at the our lives, our schedules, they're busy, we consider our time and we think that we just have no time at all we're just busier than ever before yet the statistics show us just the opposite that we have more leisure time we may be busy but we have more free time more discretionary time and so if we're so busy that we have no time for god it's not because we have to be as busy as we are to just maintain and make a living we're busy and we're consumed with all of these activities because we have chosen to be consumed with them. And if we have no time to serve God, we need to reorganize our life and reprioritize the things that we spend our time on. We have so many modern conveniences. We've already noted that we have machines that help us out, washing machines, dishwashers, automobiles, all types of modern inventions and conveniences that are designed to save time. And they are, if we consider the studies saving us time, But we're consuming that time on all types of distractions. And I think, gentlemen, that Satan is very pleased when we're distracted, when we consume our time with things that are physical in nature, and when we exclude God and exclude the service of him. Satan's very excited and happy about those distractions. Monty, they've always been a tool that Satan's used. Yes, Satan's constantly using distractions to keep us from doing what we need to be doing. most of the time, I think when you go in most people's houses, probably the television is on, whether they really think they're watching it or listening to it that much or not. But the fact that it's on, it's it's putting something in our mind. And if we're not careful, we'll sit down and just uh, maybe when we think we're just putting our shoes on, but we'll wind up taking 15 minutes to put our shoes on because we become distracted by the television set and what's going on on that. Well, if it's distracting us and taking up that extra time and doing the what should be our normal easy, quick-to-do functions, then that's eating into our time that we should be using to serve God, to, whether it's to study His Word or be teaching other people or whatever that, whatever aspect of our studies or, or our service to God might be, that television or various other things like that will eat up our time, and it's gone before we know what's happened. That's exactly right. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. You know, Wade, uh, Jesus dealt with people who were distracted in the first century, who had uh, other cares and concerns that were taking up their time, and uh, they failed to follow him as a result. You know, you wonder, um, you kind of wonder what people's doing to fill this time uh, that we're losing. You know, I remember reading um, history about uh, Raccoon John Smith, who was a who was a preacher, and uh, well, I guess you'd call him a preacher back in the in the eighteen hundreds, and and reading. Uh, a story about him driving three or four hours in a horse and buggy just to listen to Alexander Campbell and him getting there, you know, and Alexander Campbell preaching three hours. And, you know, he was he was glad to drive three or four hours on a horse and buggy just to go listen to him to preach for three hours. But we have a hard time coming and sitting for a 20-minute sermon because we've got other things. Our minds distract. We've got our minds in the wrong place, don't we? That's right. You know, Jesus dealt with people who were distracted in the first century. In Luke chapter 9, verse 59, beginning, he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But thou, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Another said also, Lord, I will follow thee. But first let me go and bid them farewell, which were at my house. 
And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. There's a person, a couple people there who perhaps would tell Jesus, Jesus, I just don't have enough free time to serve you. If I had a little bit more time, I would. Jesus says, it doesn't matter. You need to be serving me. You need to get these distractions out of your life. And the same could be true of us today. If we allow these distractions to keep us from serving God, there will be no excuse on the day of judgment. You know, Jacob, one time I remember a few years ago at the congregation we were attending, there was a, 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 what I thought was an excellent preacher come and preached a meeting for, for us. And uh, he sort of talked what most of us would consider rather long for each one of his lessons. They was an hour, some of them even an hour and a half. And most people, like Wade said, struggle with a 20-minute sermon anymore. Well, the following Sunday morning in the adult Bible class after that meeting was over, there was a lady in the congregation was really griping to our preacher about how that preacher that was preaching the meeting, he talked so long and that was such an inconvenience. And didn't he realize other some of us had things we needed to be doing had to go to work or various and assorted other things we might could have been doing rather than sitting there listening to him. And But I think that's just an example of what we're talking about tonight. People have got so many other things that they want to do with their time that with the, all this extra free time that we actually have, they filled it up with other stuff that's not nearly as important as learning about God. All right. Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Toll free tonight. Questions at collegeview.com. Jesus told those who were distracted to get rid of the distraction, and uh, Satan is successful when he distracts us and causes us to take up our time with things that are not pleasing to God, or maybe things that aren't necessarily sinful, but distract us from serving God. You know, the apostles dealt with these type of people as well. In Acts 24, beginning verse 25, Paul, as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Felix was a busy man. Felix had all kinds of things, certainly, that would take up his time. He was a busy man, but he needed to make time for God, and the same is true for us. And also, Demas, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Paul said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Demas had forsaken him, loving the present world, some distractions there that distracted Demas, and caused him to be unpleasing. Let us know your thoughts again. We're looking forward to hearing from you. As we talk about our free time, the studies say that we have more free time now than ever, yet many times we feel there's just not enough time to serve God. We need to make time for God in our lives. We need to reprioritize. The rich fool in Jesus' parable, uh, Monty, had the same problem that many of us have today. Yeah, this person in that parable, he had he was a busy man and he was a farmer. And he was talking about how good his fruits was this year and how great his harvest was and how he's going to tear down his barns and build greater barns. And he was so focused on his uh, physical endeavors of making a living or actually making a huge surplus, apparently, of a living. And he, and he'd done that, and he decides now I'm going to kick back and say, eat, drink, and be merry, he tells his soul, because uh, I've got plenty of stuff for a long time, and I'm going to take it easy now. But in that parable, God says, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? And so is he that lay up treasure for himself is not rich toward God. And I'm afraid a lot of times we're the same way. We get so absorbed in our work as this man was. We get so distracted by it that, you know, we're not making enough money, so we're going to get a second job or we're going to work overtime and because we need a new car and truck and motorcycle and bicycle or whatever our hobbies or our pastimes might be. And we get to the point that we've got to just work so many hours to keep these things going or make the payments on them or whatever that we 
The time's got to come from somewhere, so we leave out our time for God, just like this rich fool did. He didn't give attention to what should have been the most important thing. And God really makes a good point here with him when he says, tonight you're going to die, and then whose is all this stuff going to be? And we get so absorbed in our stuff and how much stuff we can get that we forget we can't take it with us. It's going to be somebody else's sooner or later. And what we need to concern ourselves is laying up ourselves treasures in heaven and not here on earth. That's right. Satan wants us to be distracted with things of this earth, and we need to be careful that we maintain our spiritual perspective and focus and focus on serving God. But Satan has all kinds of distractions here on this earth to try and get us to take our mind off of serving God. And we ask you the question today in our poll question, we're asking it now. What do you believe is the biggest distraction that Americans face today that consumes time that could be spent serving God? To answer that question, Randy in Jackson, Missouri has said, I'm sure the number one answer will be TV. And that's probably right. Along those lines, Phil in Indiana has said, television without hesitation is our biggest distraction. It can radically alter the direction of one's thoughts, put a stop to lively conversation, and lead us to give an hour or more of our time to something that when it's over, we regret the waste that has occurred. Donna in Iowa has said, I suppose it depends on the generation you are speaking to. The older, it may be radio, television, computers mine would be reading cookbooks for new recipes some like to travel the younger generation could also spend too much time on the computer playing video games chatting or text messaging uh, some are health over or, or conscience uh, it all boils down to what each person deems important and so a sampling of some of the answers we've gotten tonight already on our survey question television wade has popped up as an answer that many people are giving what about television? Is it a waste of time? Is it taking time that could be spent serving God? What do you think? It seems like most of the people are saying some some form of entertainment, aren't they? Uh, you just wonder, um, you know, I, I just kind of wonder what's in one in our listeners' minds that um, how we can take what we're doing as a distraction and make it into something good. You know, uh, they've listed, uh, you know, maybe television or internet. We know one good thing that we can do with the Internet, right? The virtual Bible study every Thursday night. Um, maybe maybe um, they could email us some of the things that, that we can turn this back into something good. Exactly right. Along those lines, Dan in Indiana has said that uh, the PC has been proven to be taking up more and more time of children after school, and even adults are using it to entertain themselves with games and news and other interests. A few exceptions of, are there, of course. Uh, that is this program, for example. It will use it wisely, and it can be a great teaching aid in a form of entertainment with proper balance. And so we appreciate that comment. Uh, the Internet is uh, perhaps taking away some time that we could be spent serving God. Frank in Indiana writes in and says, of course, or he says the answer to number one, the, the question of what's distracting us in America is entertainment. Of course, that would include sports of all kinds, even the little leagues of baseball and basketball for kids, movies, television is a major problem, too. But that is included in entertainment. And so Frank uh, joins in on the entertainment uh, answer tonight is taking away time that could be spent serving God. We're addicted to entertainment in this society. You think about how much money and how much time is spent on entertainment. It's amazing the addiction to entertainment that we have in this society. Uh, Carolyn in Arkansas has written in. She says that she believes TV and movie viewing 
CD listening and sporting events are the biggest distractions that take away from Christians spending more time in spiritual activities. Sports, whether participatory or being viewed from the audience, can be addictive. The same goes for TV. It becomes a habit, so easy to just flop in front of it. It takes our minds away from reality or focuses our minds on the reality of others away from our own reality. Also, I believe that many believe as long as it's on, it's okay to view. Do they believe there's a sensor somewhere removing all the evil elements from the screen? I hardly think so. Uh, and so we see that uh, that Carolyn believes that uh, television is taking her time, Monty. And certainly if we were to take a survey, we'd be surprised at the number of, amount of time that people are spending watching television. You know, I remember back probably in the late 70s or maybe very early 80s. I'm not sure exactly when it was. But there was a TV show came on, came Dallas, and it was a weekly series. And it was really, I think, probably the first TV show that people seemed to got so addicted and so absorbed in that they would just neglect anything. It didn't matter what, as long as they could be home to watch TV when Dallas come. I mean, they had to see what Jr. was doing this week or who or some of the other members of that TV show. But they were just so obsessed with it, and they was fan clubs for Dallas, and everybody was all eat up with this TV show Dallas. And I'm sure there's other shows on today that's the that's the same way. And uh, it, you know, as far as the TV goes, I know you we see sports on TV all the time. And these people that I've worked with could have told you the sports statistics for any player that you ask in whatever their favorite sports was. Now, they'd tell you they couldn't remember a Bible verse for nothing, but they could tell you who had the most carries in the football game and who got the most yards and, and who hit the most home runs and all these other things. But all this stuff's on television, and it's right there for us, and it's constantly on. I remember when I was young, TV went off at 11.30 or 12 every night, and just you just had the test pattern come on. Nobody knows what that test pattern is anymore because the thing never goes off. The stations never shut down. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week that you can be absorbed in the television if that's what you want to do. And there's some televisions in people's homes, I'm sure, that never go off either. Uh, just people addicted to television. Carolyn goes on and says the TV, movie screen, and MP3 players have become an idol for many. Many more hours are spent with ears and minds enthralled and eyes captured by these idols uh, that await us all the time. Uh, we come to believe in what is being seen and heard there rather than considering, concerning themselves with God's way. Many idolize the entertainers that capture ours and especially our use favor. These things take away from the time of study, prayer, and meditation upon God's way. We forsake other Christians and their concerns and are led away from doing for humankind and following him. While in this life pattern, we fail to spread his word, visit the sick, Supply cups of water to the thirsty. Spiritualness isn't altogether and necessarily studying his word, singing hymns, praying, partaking of the Lord's Supper on Sundays, but it's also about reaching out in love to fellow Christians and our neighbors with help for their needs. These needs are not always physical, but often spiritual. Many need encouragement in their lives. Not many are expressing the perfect life, experiencing the perfect life. So very many need what our love can supply. I say what his love can supply through us. Those folks are often seeking and thinking they will discover what is lacking in their lives by watching television, listening to horrible music CDs, participating in sports activities which feature fall, falling or fallen heroes, and other worldly activities. We are members of his body and should be moving as Jesus would. We truly need to recognize his fact and act upon it if we truly believe in his grace. We will work for him out of thanksgiving, not that we can earn our salvation or way into heaven. 
And so uh, she makes some great points there about how our lives have become distracted by all of this entertainment, and that is a common thing that we're seeing in our answers tonight. We'd like to hear from you. What do you believe is one of the greatest distractions that we face as Americans today, and what is a tip for carving some time out of our busy schedules to leave some time to serve God? Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13 and this is the Virtual Bible Study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The Virtual Bible Study continues. And welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. We, again, are talking about our free time. Studies show that we have more free time now than we did just a few years ago. Yet, We feel like there's no time to serve God. Why is that? Are we distracted? Has Satan been successful in distracting us from serving God? I want to go back to Carolyn's email. She has another important point that she believes is a distraction. She says, another thing that stands in the way of spiritual endeavors is getting more stuff and meditating upon getting more and more stuff, continually working to have more and more gain. A rich man can go to heaven, but I think he'd be wise to spend his wealth on the poor and spreading the gospel and not in building bigger barns, houses, garages, and storage building to hold his possessions. Everything we have is from God anyway. It is how we use them that is acceptable in God's eyes. And so I think uh, Carolyn's on to something there, too. We're distracted by our stuff, Wade, aren't we, and uh, about uh, how we can get more stuff and how we're going to take care of the stuff that we've got and what we're going to do with all the stuff that we've got. It's really become a distraction for us in America. It's become a very big distraction trying to gain more stuff. You know, uh, I've noticed that um, I've been married 15 years, and and I've noticed that um, a lot of young couples, when they get married, uh, they don't really plan for anything in their life. They just they just buy things. I mean, they, they buy a house or they buy um, a, a two cars, and they, they'll buy – a boat or, or uh, you know what I'm saying, money? Yeah, it's, they've, and it's not necessarily stuff that they really want. It's stuff that the neighbors got. You know, the Joneses has got one of these. we got to have one, too. Yeah, and, and whenever they buy the stuff, well, they end, up, they end up having to pay for it. But the 
there's no ever there's no other place for the I mean the wife can't she never can go home she never can help raise her children when they get children because they've got to pay for this thing so so now they're stuck out in the workforce you know working and this thing about the stuff when we get the two cars well those cars have to be maintained whether it's washing or waxing or whatever is involved with maintaining our automobile and when we get that boat that you mentioned well it has to be maintained and well naturally we've got to take it to the lake to use it too and so in between getting the stuff and maintaining the stuff and working to pay for the stuff and using the stuff it's not leaving much time else left for God because we're so absorbed in our stuff. And we, our governor on that is how much money we've got. Yeah. And so as we make more money, as we have more increase, we think, well, I can get another toy. And then when you got that toy, you got to use that toy. Maybe we need to stop and say, hold on a minute. My life is not all about having toys and having fun. My life is about serving God, and I need to make sure that that's my focus and my priority. And I think that's the problem is we've let stuff become our priority rather than important things like serving God. And so Satan has taken our eyes off of heaven and serving God and put them down here on the earth and having fun and getting stuff. And so we've been distracted, and certainly it's a problem for all of us. We have more free time, but we're not serving it and using it in God's service, and we need to be aware of that. You know, I think, um, you know, we was talking about entertainment. Uh, I have a lot of fun just, just being with my fellow Christians. I mean... Why, why do we think that we have to just be entertained by other things like uh, music or whatever? Why can't we be entertained with, with our fellow Christians? Why can't we have Bible studies at our houses? Or why can't we, you know, just invite Christians over to, to do things and, and, and have some type of, you know, a, a, well, I mean, a spiritual fellowship. You know, anytime you get together with Christians, you know, you, you can talk about God and talk about the things that, uh, that bring glory to him. And, I mean, th- those are good things, aren't they? They are, but the world has convinced us that that's not cool, and so we can't do things like that. Back to our email question tonight. What's the biggest distraction that Americans face today that consumes time that could be spent serving God? Anthony in Columbia said our biggest distraction is probably a toss-up between TV and the Internet. For kids, of course, it's probably video games. We have to be sure that we are redeeming the time that God has given us and not frittering it away all on recreation. And so uh, good points from Anthony. Appreciate those tonight. Harv in Pennsylvania has emailed. He says, let's ask ourselves some difficult questions. There are 168 hours in a week. This past week, how many hours did TV get? How many hours did video games get? How many hours did my house and yard get? How many hours did sports activities get? How many hours did the Lord get? Who or what is our Lord? Lord means ruler, or, uh, Lord means ruler so what rules our life? Who or what gets priority? And so I think uh, Harv makes some good points there. Well, I can tell you what, Jacob, here in Tennessee, it's been so hot, our yards probably didn't get much this week. <laughs> but I bet you some of those other things got some time, and uh, we need to consider those with uh, with what the Lord gets. You know, Jacob, several of the people responding also included sports, and here's Patricia from Texas has mentioned football, NFL, and college football. You know, I was reading a thing one time, and it was talking about the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. And one of the contributing factors to the fall of the Roman Empire had to do with their obsession with sports. And, you know, we think of the gladiators and going to the Roman Colosseum and all that. But they also was sort of a carryover from the Greeks with the Olympic-type activities, you know, and athletic endeavors. And they they became so obsessed with that that they was just neglecting other things that was important in their lives just because of this obsession with sports. And we can see that in the world today. I mean, for a while there recently, as I listen to the talk radio at work sometimes, 
uh, people was obsessed with the home run records that whoever it was I've done forgot just recently set. And there was the controversy over him and whether it was steroids assisted him and whatnot. And then there's the football seasons coming up and the preseason games that's going on and somebody this week broke their finger or something. And it's just, But the, everybody's all absorbed in what's happening with their particular, whether it's golf. I mean, there's a lot said about that from time to time. But it's sports, sports, sports. That's what all you hear on radio or TV is sports. But you made an interesting point there when you said you don't even remember who set the home, red, home run record. Well, sports isn't my thing. I mean, but I, but but not, a lot of people won't remember who set that record. Yeah, most people won't. Who who won the World Series last year? I don't even know who played. The Cardinals did. I went to see them play. Okay, well you remember <laughs> who won the who won the Super Bowl? I don't know. Okay, there you go. Now the Super Bowl was important to everybody back in January or February, whenever they play it. But now, a few months later, nobody remembers, and that's the, the case. In a few years. None of that will matter. Let's read Patricia's email because I overlooked it here, but she makes some great points. Uh, she says, sad to say there was a time in my life where my husband and I would miss church and leave early just so we would, were seated in front of the television exactly at 12 p.m. to watch the game. On top of that, we were involved with football fantasy, which took even more time because you have to keep up with all the teams. Lucky for us, God put us in the right place at the right time to listen to a sermon about that and put it all in perspective of all the games we watch for entertainment. What is it going to do for you the minute you die? Absolutely nothing. So Patricia makes some good points there about, uh, again, maintaining our priorities, what's important in this life. And uh, and so we have to consider all these distractions and make sure that we don't allow Satan to distract us. An email from Don in Nashville, uh, the distractions that he mentions here. He says it depends on what you mean by serving God. Some people think they are serving God by attending Christian rock concerts. But I think this is a distraction. Others think that they are serving God just by going to their denominational meeting houses. But I also think this is a distraction. For me, work and sleep prevent me from studying the Bible like I would want to. But then again, I can listen to sermons and CDs and even the Bible on CDs as I drive on my job. So we appreciate Don for that email. We have an email uh, from, let's get down to it here, from Tanya. She says, as Christians, we are to remember that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. As members of the Lord's body, his church, we know that we are to love one another and care for one another, each of us having our different roles to make the Lord's body function as it should. We are all to exhort one another daily, Hebrews 3, verse 13, and considering one another to good works, Hebrews eleven twenty four. If we can, or If we busy ourselves in the cares of this life, we'll not fulfill our part in the body of Christ, serving brethren and bringing the lost into the fold. And so we appreciate uh, uh, Tanya for those thoughts tonight. Jacob, um, in First Peter one thirteen, uh, the scripture says, "Therefore, gird your minds um, for action. Uh, keep sober in spirit. Uh, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ." Um, I'm reading the New American Standard Version, but but I I think it, he makes a good point there. I think the New or the King James Version says, "Gird up the loins, gird up your loins, or something like that." But the point is that. We have to fix our minds. We have to direct where our minds, where our eyes go. We have to put good things in it. But, you know, whatever we do here, we're teaching our children to do those things, aren't we? If we're sitting and watching the TV three or four hours a night, we're teaching our children to do that. I mean, we've got to watch what we do because our kids are watching us. That's exactly right. Our kids are watching us. And more importantly, I guess, we're responsible for ourselves. Our kids hopefully will learn the right way, but what about us? What are we doing with our time? The scriptures talk extensively, guys, about using our time wisely. In uh, 
Job chapter 7, verse 1, Job was thinking about his time and the fact that he had limited amounts of time. In Job 7, verse 1, he says, Is there not an appointed time to man upon the earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hireling? In Psalm 90, verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse two, or verses 1 and 2, To everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. And so our time here on the earth is limited. That's no surprise to anyone, but we sometimes fail to remember that, that we have a limited amount of time. The time that we have spent here tonight is time that we'll never get back again, and we're getting closer and closer to death every minute, every second. We need to make sure that we're using the time that we have in the service of God. James chapter 4, verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. And so we have a limited amount of time. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, we read the importance of using that time in God's service. Ephesians 4, 5, verses 14 through 16, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We're told there in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, money that we're to redeem the time. That is, we need to take advantage of the time that God has given us. You know, Colossians 4, verse 5 also talks about redeeming the time. It says, walk in wisdom toward toward them that are without, redeeming the time. And we need to keep that in mind because especially when we're younger, we we think, well, I can get to whatever it is, whether it's our Bible study or whatever it is that we're putting off or not doing right now because I... I've got plenty of time. I'll get to that later. Well, then as we get older, we look back and we see that our time is gone and we squandered it and haven't got done what we were supposed to be doing. And these verses are telling us that we need to be paying attention to how we're using our time right now. Because for one thing, we don't know if we'll have a tomorrow. And if we do have it and we haven't redeemed our time wisely, as it's talking about here, when tomorrow gets here, we're not going to be prepared for it. Uh, when we think about that in our spiritual walk, if we're not redeeming our time wisely by studying our Bibles regularly, when the opportunity comes to speak to someone about Jesus, and we might be the only opportunity they ever have, but if we haven't prepared ourselves by redeeming that time properly, then we won't be able to teach them what they need to know, and their their soul will be lost in hell, in hell, and we have to answer for that ourselves if we haven't prepared ourselves and we let someone go by that way. If we've wasted all this time on physical things, pleasure, having fun, getting more stuff, watching television, playing on the Internet, and we haven't used that time wisely, God's going to hold us accountable. But so many times we allow other things to take priority over serving God. You know, we talk about television. Here's a surprising statistic as we go to our next break. 99% of households possess at least one television. The average number of TV sets per U.S. household is two and a quarter, a little over two televisions per household. And the amount of time that a television is on in the U.S. home, on average, per day, six hours and 47 minutes, just under seven hours a day, the television is on in the average American household today. Certainly, a lot of people that are distracted on things that aren't going to make any difference in eternity, we need to be serving God and making sure that we're making the best use of our time. We're going to take one last break, and then we'll get back to taking your questions or comments at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello. Hey, Matt. 
No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College U Church of Christ. My name is Roger Toombs, and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And welcome back again. Thank you for joining us tonight. This program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. We encourage you to find out more about us on our website, collegeview.com. You can send us an email or give us a call anytime if you have any question about what the College View Church of Christ is all about. We encourage you also to come and worship with us if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area. Find out about our meeting times and directions to our location on our website again, collegeview.com. As we talk about our time and the fact that we have more free time now than we have had in the past, and yet we still fail to find enough time to serve God, we have asked the question tonight, what can we do to make more time for God? What can we do to set aside time in our schedule to make time for God? Randy in Missouri has said, I think it is John MacArthur who says that we should ask for each activity, is this activity useful or useless? Asking that question helps to make the decision-making easier. And uh, so we appreciate that uh, comment from Randy tonight. Ask ourselves, is this really an important activity to be giving ourselves to? You know, I think it'll help us when we're looking at prioritizing our activities and finding out whether they're useful or useless uh, we need to look at the long-term consequences and, and specifically the eternal consequences of what we're doing. When we look at whatever it is we're contemplating doing, we need to decide and make a determination is this is something that's going to have a positive impact, influence and impact on our eternity or is this something that's going to be just a waste of time and not of a good influence on our eternal consequence. So I, and I believe that's something we really need to put a priority on. If, if what we're doing is going to be good for our eternal life, then we probably need to go ahead and do that. But if it's something that's just trivial and a waste of time with no eternal, with no positive eternal consequence, then we need to probably neglect that activity for the good ones. Yeah, we definitely don't need to allow those that don't have any effect on us eternally to take and supersede the place where uh, beneficial to service to God should take. Uh, Steve says that we should have routines, have a routine that includes numerous daily prayers, reading the Bible, and seeking to apply it to your life. So we appreciate Steve for giving us that tip on how to set aside time for uh, serving God in our lives. Donna in Iowa says that uh, we should follow the instruction of uh, Psalm verses 1 and 2, Psalm 1 verses 1 and 2, uh, where we read, But his delight is in the law of Jehovah, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. She says it all comes down to just that, setting time aside, putting God first, whether it is getting up earlier, if you work away from the home, take your Bible with you, read it while on lunch, waiting for an appointment. It has to be a part of our daily life. I have noticed how many people can make time for ball games, school activities, and who knows what, but the least little ache will keep them home from Bible study. Many parents with children in public school would be in trouble if their children attended school the way they attend Bible class and in punctu- uh, punctuality and preparedness. And so we appreciate Donna for those uh, tips tonight. You know, Jacob used to when you'd ask somebody, especially a business person, if they were be able to participate in some activity or another, they'd say, "Well, I don't know. I've got to check my calendar." And we see people today do that. They've got planners and whatnot that they have their 
entire day, every day for months at a time scheduled out. Well, if that time, if that planner, our calendar doesn't have time penciled in a specific time for studying God's word and applying ourselves to spiritual matters, then we don't have the right priority in our in our daily schedule, and we need to redo it. All right, we have an email, uh, anonymous email that says, "When was the last time you went on a walk with a friend and talked about the Bible? Went to a park and sat in a swing and just had a good conversation? We have to take control of our time and use it wisely, and not be involved with the world. Leave the chaotic daily life for some personal time with family and friends." So good uh, comments there, good tips for us as we talk about using our time wisely. Frank in Indiana has said uh, that we have to make it important, uh, make it important that the dinner meal be eaten as a family and have a discussion of biblical subjects as part of that. Also, as we all know, we will not have these times to discuss or study unless they become a part of the daily or at least weekly calendar. Put them on the calendar date and, and time and hold them. Don't let anything interrupt. Uh, hard to do in today's world, but a must if we're going to make this a responsible habit that finally becomes second nature. If any of the times are missed, it is understood that they will be made up at another time and hold it. Again, keep a record of times without interruption and award the family with an out uh, an outing to dinner an evening or uh, something of a nature that all will enjoy doing together. Appreciate Frank for those. Jacob, I really like that comment uh, because I think it's so important for the family to eat together. The family has to spend time together. I mean, to be able to have a family that's God-centered, you've got to spend time together. You've got to talk to your children. You've got to be there. You know, I, I see families that, that don't, you know, eat together. They just, you just take your plate, you, you know, you go in front of the TV mostly, you know. I think you ought to eat together. Well, you have an obligation as a father, Wade, to teach your children and to bring them up. But if you're letting them just be wherever they are in the house and they're not spending time with you where you can teach them, then you're not fulfilling your obligation. Yeah, since our society typically isn't the farming society like you was talking about earlier, where everybody worked together all day on the farm and they took their meals together, uh, in our society at least we can do is be – Take our meals together, maybe our breakfast and our supper together. We don't get to spend family. much time with our kids, do we? No, because they have to go to school, we have to go to work, and there's so many things, as we mentioned earlier, that aren't necessarily wrong within themselves, but the devil uses them to distract us from what's really important in spiritual matters. And we can't teach our children about spiritual matters if we're not spending time with them. It's just the way it is. All right. Along those lines, Anthony in Columbia has said, I think having a family Bible study time is a good idea, as well as waking up earlier than normal in order to have a time for study and prayer. So good comments from Anthony. Uh, Don in Nashville says, it depends on what spiritual activities are missing in one's lives, but I guess it all comes down to setting priorities. I believe that anyone who has a spiritual hunger can find ways to feed it by cutting out some of their less important activities. Good comments from Don there. All right, and we have an email from Donna again in Iowa. She's emailed in, and she says another good use for the computer is a resource for Bible classes and study. As far as the TV, I believe it is Satan's best device. It has brought many sins into our home that wouldn't be there otherwise. And that's certainly the case. You wouldn't allow someone to come into your house, Wade, and begin drinking and smoking and using foul language and adulterating in your living room, but you invite them in on your television. And, Jacob, the bad thing about that is... We don't just invite them in. We pay for them to come in into our living rooms, don't we? In effect, we've hired them to do it. That's right. Yeah, and we're and we're uh, we're supporting it. If no one watched it, they wouldn't have it on there. And when we watch it, we're supporting it. 
and uh, we uh, are uh, guilty of. I mean, well. it's just an example of that. I heard uh, my mother was talking about some show that was on TV during the day. I don't know what it was, but anyhow, I said that during that show, there was two homosexual men gave each other a passionate kiss on this show, just like you would think a man kissing his wife. But you know, even that, we've we've bought a TV. And we turn the thing on and do whatever it takes to get the programming in there. And, we, and we're paying people to participate in homosexual activities in our living room. That, you know, that's just shouldn't be even considered or thought of. It should it never have happened. All right. Donna agrees with Carolyn's comments about contentment. She says some do not know godly contentment. Carolyn is correct. Philippians 4, verse 11, Paul says, not, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world. It is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And so Donna appreciates Carolyn's comments. We appreciate everyone's comments on the program tonight. I think I've gotten to most all of them so far. I may have missed some. If I missed your comments, I apologize for those. Uh, we... Uh, we had quite a few comments tonight, but it, it underscores the importance, guys, of using our time. And we have a limited amount of time, and fortunately, in the time that we live in today, we have more free time, more discretionary time that we can use however we like, and we need to be using it in service of God. It is important that we serve God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The importance of uh, serving God is underlined by that verse. If you gain the whole world and you failed to serve God, you will have made a bad trade. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We need to be seeking God first and avoiding the distractions that Satan would like us to be consumed with. And uh, those distractions are very, uh, very enticing, as we've talked about tonight. But we've got to make sure that we're serving our God, as we should, with the time that we have. Jacob, I'm a firm believer that some of the wasted time, like our commutes back and forth to work, we can fill those times. I really believe that we don't have to listen to talk radio or we don't have to listen to the rock station or whatever things. There's a lot of good things that we can listen to. You know, we can, you can podcast the virtual Bible study. Uh, I know Florida College has got their uh, podcast on now that they do. you can listen to your CDs or your cassette tapes of your Bibles. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you can use that time not to be wasted. And and it's it's a wasted time having to drive back and forth to work. Um, Monty, I think you use it in prayer, don't you? Yeah, in my morning travel on the way to work, I wind up consuming most of my 35 or 40 minutes to commute on the way to work in prayer because there's that's a time that I'm by myself with very minimal distractions on the drive that I have that I can focus my mind on talking to God about the things that concern me and that I need to be praying about, whether it's for personal blessings or for him asking him to help other people in their struggles. You know, that's a time that I have that I can do that. Uh, that's an excellent use of our time. You guys are talking about there, carving out time, making it a priority. And, you know, we talk about these distractions. If we don't make them a priority, if we don't make it a priority to serve God, Satan's got all kinds of things he'll throw up in front of our face as the day goes about. And we'll get to the end of the day, and we'll realize we haven't spent any time thinking about God or spiritual things. 
you know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be meditating on God's word. And, and when we do that and fill our mind with that, then that eliminates distraction. Because when we're focused on God, then we don't have room in our mind for these other things that Satan can use to keep us from fulfilling our responsibilities in a spiritual manner. All right. Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above not on the things that are on earth. All right. Well, guys, our time on this earth is brief. We don't know when our time will end. Proverbs 27, verse 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You think about that. We could be dead tomorrow. And what have we done today that will really matter? If we've not served God, nothing will matter. We need to be serving God and using our time wisely. Jesus knew the importance of serving God today. In John chapter 9, verse 4, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And so if we're not serving God today, when we're allowing things of this world to come in and uh, take all the time that we could be using to serve God, then we have been foolish, and we will have to give an account for that. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10 tells us, that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive of the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And so we need to think about our time, how we're using it, and make sure that we're serving God. You know, I think something we need to remember is with all these things that we have that we spend our time on, sometimes we think we're tired and just can't do anything else. But Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11 tells us that we're not to relax right now, that there's an appropriate time for rest, and that'll be in eternity. If we spend our time properly here on this earth and laboring for God, then we'll have that rest in heaven with God. Wade, thank you for your comments tonight. Thank you for joining us. It's been great, Jacob. Thank thank you, Monty. I've enjoyed being here. Well, guys, as we talk about our time, the modern world that we live in affords us many luxuries and opportunities. One of those luxuries is the increased amount of free time. As it is with any opportunity that God has given us comes the responsibility to use the opportunity appropriately. May we all be diligent to capitalize on the time that God has given us to serve him to the fullest of our abilities because on the day of judgment, the excuse I just didn't have enough time isn't going to work especially for those of us who have the benefit of living in the present time. Appreciate you joining us on the Virtual Bible Study tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to use your time wisely to put God first in this life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.